podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. My name is Joe. I am joined by Alex Bagley, of all people. How are you doing? And I'm doing very well. I mean, the first thing you're going to notice is... That's not Steve and Jay. Well, Steve and Jay are off today, so you've got, if anything, the A team. You are the A team. You've yeah. got less ninety-one Cup Winners Cup content. Maybe well, a bit probably. more modern era football. Maybe. Maybe more about actual football. Actual football that's happening this year. Actually, this is so modern. We're going to be talking about future football. Wow. Because that's what transfers is. Wow. If anything, transfers is future football. And that's how modern we are. We might talk a little bit about the Night One Cup Winners' Cup final, uh, but you know what? There's actually big news this week. Um, and we'll get on to that. There's a couple of big stories that have come out. I say a couple of big stories. It's kind of one big story that has been sort of spread over multiple platforms. What's, what's up with that? So Sorry. first of all, you, you're grimacing straight away at Joe the Joe has made me a brew. Yeah. It's very nice. Him. In the biggest mug of all time, I'd give it way. you in the pint glass. He has. Now, he put one sugar in, but I think you need about four for it to be like the, the usual ratio of sugar yeah. to tea. It's like, do you know, in like a, a swimming pool, like yeah. a little back garden, like paddling pool, you put yeah. a little bit of chlorine in. And you kill your I've, child. No, I've done the same amount of uh, chlorine in an Olympic swimming pool, <laughs> yeah, haven't I? Essentially, like, yeah. That'll stop the algae growing. Next thing you know, everyone's got... It's a very good cup of tea, apart from that. And it's just scalded me as well, so it's all good. Some sort of black mould on the yeah. lung mm-hmm. uh, after two days. Um, right. Let's get straight into this big story then. We're going to talk about um, Rashford talking to President Obama President in a little Obama. bit. We'll also talk nice. a little bit more about the fallout from the Villarreal game, which, to be honest, I'm still heavily sickened by. But before that, let's get into the main story for, from today because this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the validity of it. I want to talk about the content of it. I want to talk about the timing of it. Essentially, all of Manchester United's transfer plans have been thrown up and thrown out at us fans in the last 24 hours. So this is The Guardian, The Times, The Telegraph, The Daily Mail, ESPN. Everyone, The Express, everyone has come out and has said... Oli wants four players. Thus. Thus. Go on. Oli's been given a budget of £150 million for the summer. That's a net spend budget. So we can maybe do a little bit of maths later on if we want uh, about how we can get rid of some players and buy some players and sort of hit that, that number. United are looking for a striker, a winger, a defensive midfielder, a centre-back and a right-back. Solskjaer has been told the aim is to, st- is to sign three first-team players ahead of the new season. Sancho, Kane, Grealish, Pau Torres, Sven Botman, Raphael Varane, Declan Rice and Max Ahrens are all targets. United priced the total deal for Sancho at close to £250 million last summer, including wages and an agent's fee. West Ham would demand as much as £100 million for Rice. I don't believe that no, for starters, madness, that. Um, whom, whom they have no plans to sell, apparently. Villarreal's Pau Torres, who United just lost to, um, is priced at around £30 million according to reports in Spain. Real Madrid centre-back Rafael Varane is also on United's radar with the Frenchman's value in the region of £60 million. So that is a kind of a, a culmination and an accumulated um, news brief from yeah. what has been coming out in the last um, 48 hours, 24 hours really. My first question to you, Alex, is before we get into the actual content of this, do you think all of a sudden all of these outlets coming out at the same time with United's transfer plans is a targeted sort of media, not leak, but sort of a brief from the club to try to distract from what happened on Wednesday night. Because we've seen this before. We've seen this whole, we will be getting a a, a director of football in after big losses. We've seen, you know, the Sancho deal heating up after big losses. Do you think this was United going, we've just had some of the worst PR of the season. Let's go and distract them with transfers. I think it definitely is. I think this is what, uh, is it Neil Ashton was signed for, for Woodward kind of thing, for as much as it was for Ed Woodward's, PR. It was a Manchester United PR move where it's essentially gone, look, United lose this game. The only thing to appease that and appease the fans is mm-hmm. we need to be looking to next season. We need to be looking at these are the four players, five, you know, the four positions that are very clear to be said. You know, we know that we need someone on the right hand side. We know we need a midfielder. We know we need a centre half. We know we potentially could do with a different striker to Edison Cavani. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. So it's it's not brand new news. It's not like they've gone, oh, really? You might you want a right winger? Really? You want Jane Sancho? What a surprise. Not, what a surprise. It's nothing too mad. But that, that leak in the timing of it is just kind of, yeah, there you go. Let's, we'll give you something. Mm. Whether that means that happens, I don't know. Because there's also the £150 million net spend that kind of gets thrown in, which everyone goes, that's a lot of money. But when you kind of go, well, Sancho is most of that. That's yeah. half of that 
gone. Well, but, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that half of that. That's been the latest figure that's yeah. been discussed for Sancho. Um, it's rumored that, and again, I say rumored. These are pretty reliable sources saying mm. this: that a, a, a fee of eighty-two million quid, which is that eighty-five million euros or ninety million that, euros, yeah, yeah. Um, would be enough to to prize him away from Dortmund. First of all, do you think that fee is realistic? And do you think, you know, the fact that it is forty million and, and roughly what would it be a third less? Uh, requested fee than they were asking for last summer at 120 million do you think now is actually the time to get Sancho when I won't say his stock has fallen but he doesn't he didn't have quite as good a season as last year this year and maybe now obviously his price is a little bit lower do you think United if anything if we do get him this summer we've actually gone we've played a blinder there because we've got him for 40 million quid less I think so for me I said I did the news the other day when it was it kind of came out that the the price was around it was the between Grealish and Sancho thing, and you know, and Sancho was going to be around this eighty-five million pound mark. And I said, "That's a look." Manchester United should just be able to go out and go. What players do we need? Here, here's who it is. If it's one hundred twenty million, sign it. Don't worry about it. We should be able to do that. We aren't though. We're going to be trying to get the best deal possible and all this kind of stuff. And I think if we have done that, if we do manage to get him for eighty-five million pounds, eighty-two million pound. That is a very good deal for a player like Jane Sancho, who's still only 21 mm-hmm. years old. I think so. I think he's 22 very soon, young. Yeah, he's, he's just one of them that's kind of been around for ages. If you get someone like Jane Sancho for that price, the output he gets, the creativity he gets, the flexibility of someone that's comfortable on the right-hand side but can also play on the left and, and be comfortable there and, mm-hmm. and play well there, that, straight away, you're essentially replacing what Dan James has done in the squad this season. If not, repla- if not... Well, you, you're obviously doing more than that because he's a starter. He's someone that's going to start every week. But if you think what Dan James has kind of done, filling the gaps when Marcus ne- has needed a break, filled in the gaps on that right-hand side when Mason needed time out of the yeah. team, even if you did that with someone like Jaden Sancho, he's going to get you... We're going to get 10 more goals. And I think the one thing is, if we'd have spent that £30, £40 million pound extra last summer, would we have won the league? Maybe. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. He's not going to give us 20 points. No. Is he going to get us? Would he have got us through the group stages of the Champions League? Maybe. Maybe yeah. we get through. Do we win the Champions League? Probably not. No. Do we win the FA Cup? Probably not. You know, it's kind of what we would have got this season for it. Is it would, would it have been worth £40 million? I don't think so. I think it's a very good deal if we get him this summer. I think that the worry is that that's it. Mm. Is that Sancho, you know, £150 million, if we don't sell anybody. Yeah. Isn't, doesn't go very far with that. It's that and then a couple of younger players. And does is that enough to close the gap? Is that enough to... A lot of people have said it. Is that enough to keep Ollie in the job for mm. another 12, 18 months to give him, because give the, him that platform? The thing it? with Ollie now is we've talked about improvement and there is clear statistical improvement year yeah. on year under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The only improvement left available to him now is to win the league. Do you know what I mean? We finished second. The only way you can... Math- I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying... Mm. If you look at the nuances of what he actually does, you can't say, well, he improved this, this and this, even though we only finished third or second again. But for the people who doubt him and the people who don't like him, there is only one thing to do now, and that is go from second to first. And that's such a huge gap to bridge mentally and in terms of quality-wise. And um, let me just bring you some more of these points from this article. This is one from the, the Telegraph, Mike McGrath, who's mm-hmm. a very reliable journalist, a very good journalist. He said, uh, Sancho's United's primary target is a wide forward, as you've mentioned yeah. there. Um, we, uh, United would also like to sign a striker, a young central midfielder and a defender. Borussia Dortmund understood to be desperate to sell this summer to raise money. Um, apparently, Henderson and De Gea are both unhappy at the prospect of starting next season as a number two, which I think we already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Grealish is admired by United, but bringing Sancho back to England is Solskjaer's preference. Apparently, the market has also been altered by Harry Kane wanting to leave Tottenham, but Daniel Levy is expected to fight to keep the England captain. Southampton's Danny Ings has been amongst the other players United have looked at, which I'd hate to knock anyone. I mean, and someone who can get goals for any Premier League club, you know, you can't say, well, it's, he's shit, because he's not getting, what was it, 18 goals he got from last yeah. season? That's not a bad player doing that, but it doesn't fill you with much excitement, does he? United would also like to bring in a young central midfielder, one in the mould of Renz, Eduardo, Camavinga, but it would be a player for the future rather than to immediately make an impact. Now, that's, I want to talk about that. That's odd to me. Because really I think odd. a lot of people, and I don't know if it's just because we've spoken about it and then we see people talking and agreeing with us and you kind of feel like everyone thinks this, but from what I see of social media and of our comments and of speaking to people in the street, at the pub, my mates, people from back, you know, 
people seem to think we need a defensive midfielder. I think we need a defensive I, midfielder. I agree. Completely. And the idea that the only midfielder we're going to be getting is like some young for the future kid, that to me is a bit of a worry. Is that too? It worry? does a little bit because I think if you don't get a defensive midfielder, the thing is, if you don't get a centre back for next season, you go into the next season with Maguire, Lindelof, and, and Bailly, Antoine Zabi. Yeah. It's not great. I think that these last few weeks, these last few games has kind of gone to me wow, we need somebody else that's quality there. We need somebody else because if you lose Harry Maguire, because this is, I mean, this is my criticism of Liverpool all year. If you go into the, yes, you've got Van Dijk, but if you go into that with Gomez and Matip as your number twos, yeah. you've not got a replacement there. It's not like how City have got Diaz. If Diaz drops out, Laporte steps in. You know, if Stones dropped out, Laporte steps in. That's a very big, they've got three or four very good centre-halves who are comfortable being the main man. Yeah. Whereas Liverpool only had Van Dijk the two below them weren't very good. And it's kind of the situ- situation with United is Maguire's very good. We've got a number two. We've got two number two cent- uh, mm. centre-backs who'll, who'll do a job alongside someone. But I think we need another. You need... Yeah. You look with... When we had even Rio and Vidic towards the end of their careers, they, Rio and Johnny Evans was a good partnership. Mm-hmm. Rio and Smalling was a good partnership. Vidic yeah. and Smalling, Vidic and Evans, they were all good partnerships. But as soon as you took Rio and Vidic out after that season... Yeah, it was scary. all hell broke. Loose, all hell because it? it was you're now looking at Smalling and Jones and going, yeah. "Wow, they can't do it." No. But Jones alongside Rio, mm-hmm. we're like, "He's all right." Him, yeah. I think that's where we're at the minute. Maguire alongside Lindelof is okay, but I think you need someone else. You need someone better because it's only yeah. one injury away for us having a very shaky back four, which it has been for the past twelve months. And all of a sudden, maybe you sign someone like Varane that comes in or a Pau Torres that fits on that right hand side a bit better. And I've said, look what happened with City this year. They signed Diaz to what looked like to partner Laporte. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Jones is, uh, John Stones, Stones is the better option. So maybe you sign Varane and then you go, well, Twan Zabi actually does the job a little bit better alongside Varane. And that becomes your partnership. Can I ask you a question about um, Pau Torres? You can. Does it worry you that he looks quite a lot like Victor Lindelof? He looks a very young player. He looks like Victor Lindelof, though, doesn't he? he? Does. Same sort of hair. We've got the thumbnail there. Same sort of hair. Same kind of head structure. Like him, I think, and I'm, and I'm not just saying this, because I believe a lot in, like... And this happens a lot in politics, and it's quite well understood in politics. That like, if you don't look like the Prime Minister... I mean, Boris Johnson is, is a miraculous exception to this. <laughs> but people will struggle to vote for someone who they don't think looks right. Yeah, yeah. And it's... You know, it's shallow and it's weird and it doesn't make sense, but it is a thing. Same with job interviews, same with all that sort of stuff. Tall people tend to do, you know, that kind yeah, of yeah. like psychology thing. I honestly think if we sign Pau Torres, he would get some criticism based on the fact he looks like Victor Lindelof. People will be keen to compare the two when he first comes in. And be, Mark he, my words he on looks that. A bit, he looks a bit skinny and frail, yes. maybe not built for the Premier League. Exactly. kind of going... Yeah, but he's really good. You can already write the criticisms that bad pundits will throw at him yeah. who don't really watch United, who see a couple of games, who go, well, you know, is he just another Victor Lindelof? Or like you said, he looks a bit skinny for this league. It's like, what are you on about? Yeah, is like, he up to speed of this league yet? Can, yeah. he, can, he, handle a, can he handle Chris Ward at Burnley? Yeah, exactly. You're going to see all of that doing? stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, it's silly. And obviously, he will be able to prove himself away from any but of no, that sort I, of comparison very of, quickly. But you know what I mean? It's strange how I think that, that article's coming out. And I kind of, I do kind of agree with it the last few weeks. I've been all on, you know, if we get a centre-back, even if it's a backup one, I think that'll do us. I think mm-hmm. a midfielder helps. I think a Rice in front of a Maguire and Lindelof is better than a Varane behind McTominay and Fred. That's kind of what, that was kind of my thought process. Yeah. But... For how bad United have been defending yeah. these last few games, with McTominay and Fred in midfield, with all that, with the fact that it's Bailly and Lindelof, has been really, really poor. They've been really poor. Thank you to today's sponsor, Beer52. Now, if you go to beer52.com forward slash devils, you get a free case of eight craft beers. All you have to do is cover the postage. Now, what is Beer 52, I hear you ask? I hear you cry, actually. Some people are literally at home crying. I'm crying right now. They're crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. Yeah. Don't know what's going on. Well, don't worry about it, because what they are is the world's largest beer club with over 170,000 active members. Now, that's more members than even some of the finest OnlyFans on the internet. <laughs> beer 52 is a sensational service that each month members are sent a case of beer with a different theme. It comes with a magazine and a snack. I've been reading the magazine, actually, called yeah. Ferment. 
Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Is it all the sorts? If if you're that kind of guy that I mean, let's be honest. If you're if you're sending off a beer fifty two, you probably want to learn about beer. I like beers. You like I like ales. I like your hoppies. I like your you know your double hopped, your dry hopped. I like your light beers, your dark beers. But the, it comes with a magazine. It comes with a snack, and of course the eight craft beers. Uh, the great thing about beer fifty two as well is so you get your package. They send it to you every single month, and if you want to pause it or cancel it any time, you can do that. No problem whatsoever. Again, if you don't like your dark beers, just go for the light beer option. It's literally customizable, great beers that get sent to you. And the great thing about Beer 52 as well is you can go to your shop and get your beers, yes, but the range won't be very good. Generally, the supermarket beers, they've got a few, but you know it's the same old ones you see every single week. Beer 52 offers great variety, and again, for our listeners, go to beer52.com forward slash devils to pay just £5.95 postage, but you get a free case of eight craft beers from Beer 52. Link is in the description of this podcast. Click on that. Go to beer52.com forward slash devils and get your free case of beer. Free beer. simple as that. Madness. Do it. Just a couple of comments I'd like to read here, both from KG. Hello, mate. Uh, the first one is the words, you look like a very camp Jesus, right? All in lowercase. The second one, the exact same comment, all in capital letters. So <laughs> I saw them both. Cheers. Also, I don't look any more camp than he did. I, lo- <laughs> I just look like him. If there is any campness, that comes from the personality, not from the looks. Anyway, uh, uh, oh. we've got um, a super chat from Ajmal Cosman. He said... Uh, my God, Jesus, don't compare Lindelof to Pau Torres. He was clocked as the fastest defender in the league last season. He's taller than Lindelof. May not uh, well, sorry, but maybe not well built. There was a thing as well, though. Wasn't, was it Harry Maguire? Who was it that was clocked as like one of the fastest sprinters in the, in the league a couple Harry of seasons Maguire. ago? I think no, it was someone surprising. It was just someone who was like dead tall with like big stride length. Was it, who, Van, it was Van Dyke, wasn't it? I don't know. If it, it wasn't Van Dyke because he's known for being quick. I can't remember who it was, but... When you talk about top-end speed, that's not the same as looking quick as a footballer. No. Because looking quick as a footballer generally is your first five, your first ten yards. Whereas someone like Chris Smalling, I think maybe it was him, over 100 metres, Chris Smalling is rapid. He's massive, Chris Smalling. Exactly. But over five metres, you know, Eden Hazard used to make him look like, a, I don't even know, a car with no engine in it, yeah, yeah. just being pushed up a, a hill. Um, but yeah, uh, people saying Smalling it was, yeah, I thought it might have been Smalling. Yeah. So it's like, and Phil Jagielka, that is another one that was said. He was actually clocked as being dead speed, quick. They're probably quick. But Phil Jagielka is slow as sin. We know that. <laughs> slow as sin. Um, let's move on to one of the next targets then, because we're kind of seeing contrasting points here. One is United want to sign a young midfielder. The other is United are well up for signing Declan Rice. First of all, how do you sort of pair those two statements? Do you think it's a mistake? Do you think the, the, the Rice stuff is being blown out of proportion? Or do you think... We want rice, but if we think the fee is too much, because that's what's being rumoured, a hundred million pounds. Yeah. Do you think you know we may go for someone younger? And also, we, no one's paying a hundred million quid for rice. I hope they don't. I, I really hope that Declan Rice isn't our top transfer this summer. That's that's. I don't think that works. I don't think that's a good thing. I think the pressure would be on. Look at the pressure on Harry Maguire, who's done very well. Yeah. If you sign Declan Rice for hundred million quid, it's going to be horrendous. The, yeah. the PR around that's going to be horrendous. But I think that in the same way that there's a there's kind of a, a rankings of the, the transfers in terms of, you know, Sancho's on number one, maybe like Sars on that list, Grealish is on that list somewhere of who we want as four positions in midfield. You've got Cam- you've got Rice, Camavinga, probably Basuma from, mm-hmm. from Brighton's probably on there. I think there's also a, a ranking of we need a right winger first. Yes. That's number one. He's number one on the list. Get that done first. Then midfielder is next. Let's get that. How much money have you got left for that? If you've not got that much left, sign, a, you know, sign someone that's right. 30 million quid. Whether you sense. can do that, I don't know. Whether that's that's a thing for Manchester United, but I think mm-hmm. that there's definitely get these done first, and then we'll look at a, a centre half. And I think centre half is probably third on that list. I think strikers fourth, which is why I think the Harry Kane stuff's not going to happen because yeah. I think that if we spend that 150 million already, I don't think Ollie's going to go. Well, we need someone. I don't think he gets someone on the free as a centre centre forward. I think mm-hmm. if if you've managed to get a couple of them at a cheaper price and you've still got. 75 million free and they want Martial or something, then I think that you can look at a Harry Kane or something like that. But I just don't see that happening. I think there's, a, there's obviously a, a ranking of the importance of this and I do think striker is very low on it. And I think midfielder is probably number two. Mm. 
Um, we've got a super chat from Brian. He said, yesterday you put up a video as live, but it wasn't live. We spent money on super chats thinking it was live. Apologize. Um, what I will say is, there is a feature called Premiere in a video where you put up a video and people can come in and watch it together at the same time playing. It's not, cop it's not pretending to be live. It's a, a YouTube feature that is pretty well established. If any video says premiering underneath it, it isn't live, live. It's being played live like when you go to the cinema. The actors aren't actually there acting live. It's just being played for you. So it's, it's a, just a different feature. If you did put a Super Chat in, Comment it under this or comment another comment, Brian, and I'll, I will read it out. But yeah. it's not trying to pretend to be live. It is just a separate feature that YouTube has uh, where you can premiere video so everyone can sit and watch it at the same time and comment together while it's coming out. Because that video was talking about the match before and Ole, we thought it'd be good so that people could get in the comments and comment to each other and have a conversation in, in real time. But it's not any sort of trick or men meaning to no, make you think no, it's live when it's not. It's just a separate feature. But yeah. Put a message in, and we'll read it out if you want to. If you want to uh, chat to us, mm -hmm. um, I've just thought of something actually. Uh oh, that's never good. This podcast is it sponsored is. by Manscaped. It certainly is. It's sponsored by Manscaped, isn't it? Yeah. And for those who, for those at home who don't know, Alex, tell tell the people what Manscaped is. Manscaped please. is the number one below the belt grooming product. It's great. It's a great phrase. That yeah. they have what's known as the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a fantastic device that mm -hmm. essentially trims below the belt. Yeah. Your balls, mm -hmm. anything, anything you want. As Mr. Housen says, your gooch, if yeah. you really want to go down that way. Not recommended, but, you know, anything and below the belt. Do you want to know a little tip as well? Go on. Don't neglect the inner thigh. The inner thigh. Because okay. sometimes you think everything's, everything's looking great. Everything's looking great. And then, and then one time I caught myself in the mirror because I'd just gone for the nest. The normal area. The nest. Right. You know, the crown jewels. Yeah. And, you know, round the sort of yeah, the, the yeah. general. Right. As I like to call it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what connects the front door and the back door. Okay. Um, but then I looked at myself in the mirror, all very tidy in the middle, round the edge, rubbish. It looked like, do you know when you go on like a public park and there's like a footpath that goes yeah. around it, but it's just been, that's just been made by people walking the same route over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's it looked like that. Right. There was like a footpath down the middle, but really bushy around the sides, like the fairway on a golf course. Right. Okay. And then, but there was still a lot of rough. Too much rough. Too much rough. Way it was too a deep, much. A deep rough. Which you can't have. You can't have in the summer. You, you can't have that in the summer. So the don't summer. neglect the upper thigh. But yes, the lawnmower 3.0 has anti. 3.0. 3.0 has yeah. anti-nick technology, yeah. so no blood. And that that's not your uncle's thing. girlfriend called Nicola. This not that anti-nick. No, it's anti-nicking. You know, cutting yourself. Anti-nick technology. Very, very good. They've also got all sorts of different things. So they've got different products called the Crop Preserver. Yes. Which is a deodorant crop. Crop Reviver, little spray. Yeah. As you're going out the door, if you want uh, your nether region to smell a little bit better as you're leaving, the foot duster that comes in this, all of that's available at Manscaped. They also come, if you buy the perfect package 3.0, it comes out a T-shirt, it comes with some very, very good boxes, doesn't it? They're, it also comes boxes. with a little travel case it's to put a, all your stuff in. It's a very premium travel yeah, case. Yeah, and our lovely. viewers can get, I mean... It's a sensational deal, isn't it, Alex? It's 20% off and free shipping. Yeah, and what do they have to do to that? Surely to get 20% off and free shipping, you probably have to take some pictures of you downstairs. You have to sort of get those rated by some independent adjudicator. Two to six months later, they come back and... No? No, not oh, even that. All you've got to do, yeah. click the link in the description, hmm. and then go to the checkout and use the code HOUSEN20, H-O-W-S-O-N, 20, at checkout, and that's it, done. Finished. HOUSEN20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping your balls will thank you, Your won't balls they? will thank you. Speaking go, of balls, go on. we like footballs, don't footballs, we? we? And that's not do. kicking someone in the balls. That is a sport. Yes. Um, Marcus Rashford. He's, he's bloody good, that. He's pretty good, isn't he? And speaking of pretty good, someone else who some people like, some people don't like, Mr. Barack Obama. President Barack Obama, to you, actually. Uh, they've been having a little chat. It's madness, isn't How it? How weird is that? It's, it's ridiculous how... Where Marcus Rashford's got to this year. Forget, I mean, so many people have gone on him about football this week and you know, his bad performances. And he came out with obviously that statement saying he's had so much to deal with in terms of his injuries this past 12 months. Yep. How what he's managed, how he's been playing through pain, what he wants to do. He needs to get surgery. He's waiting till after the Euros to get all that done because he wanted to play for Manchester United. He wanted to do that. 
And a lot of people have said maybe Ollie should have rested him, but maybe Ollie didn't have the players to rest him. And, and also, and just sorry to interrupt you there. In terms of the, throughout the whole season, I agree he could have been rested more. But the last four games before the final, he played 90 minutes once. Yep. He was left out completely of one game and mm-hmm. played 20 minutes in the other two, or 40 minutes combined. So it wasn't like he played every minute up to the final. No. I think in the last four games, he played 140 minutes, 130 minutes, which isn't that much. No. But obviously, it was kind of too little, too late by that yeah, point. Yeah, it was a little bit too, too little, too late. But look, and he's, he's managed to do well. And maybe this is down to the fact that Oli, if you if you've got someone like a Jaden Sancho, you could have taken Mark Rafford out. Mm-hmm. But whilst all this has been going on, he's been unbelievable off the pitch. Whilst... And forget what you're saying. He's been very good on the pitch still. This hasn't distracted him. He's been extremely good on the pitch throughout this entire pandemic and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. He's done all the stuff with the free school meals, calling out the government, getting the right decisions. It came out this week that people got told to not pick a fight with him because he was... I was going to say, that was was that Dominic Cummins saying that? Don't pick a fight with Marcus Rashford. You're going to lose. Yeah. And they they did. They lost. And it was bang on every time. Twice. He's now done uh, a book for... Is it under 16s? That's the usual, that's the type market. I think so, yeah. Thing. But any young adults, any kids young as adult well. stuff. And he's speaking to Barack Obama. I know. He's, got an in, he's taking to Barack Obama out of it. And Barack Obama's come out and said, he's ahead of where I was at 23 years old. Well, I've got the quotes wow. here, so let's get into some of those. He said, a lot of people I meet, including Marcus, they're ahead of where I was, I was when I was 23, said Obama. <laughs> oh, just Obama. They're already making changes and being positive forces in their communities. Obama, 59. Like we're, get, we're, like we're going to sign him on a transfer. <laughs> Obama, 59. Mm, so he is getting on a bit. He is getting on Maybe a bit. his best years are behind him because he had those eight great years, didn't he? But we've not really seen so much of him in the last five years. Uh, Obama, 59. Still has two years left on his current contract at <laughs> Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Bar- uh, Obama and Rashford spoke over a video conference and also discussed their shared experiences, including being raised by single mothers. I mean, just... The meeting itself is sensational. It shows yeah. how much Marcus Rashford has done off the pitch in the last 12 months. And like you said, I, I think his form has dipped in the last couple of months. But if you look at the stats this season, he's United's second top goal scorer. I think he's United's second top assister as well, behind both behind Bruno. Um, so he has had a very good year, mm-hmm. a record year for him as well in terms of goals, I believe. So... It's it's been a good year for him, and and I mean, what a ridiculous thing to happen that is. I wonder, at this, you know, five years ago, if you told Marcus Rashford you're going to be having a chat with Barack Obama. Yeah, and and the the amount of people that have come out and said you need to stick to football and you need to do things like that. No, he shouldn't, because there's only no. a, there is only a short t- time frame when these guys have not just got to do their off the pitch stuff in terms of the, their own careers, but there's only a certain time when they're in the public eye enough for them to be listened to, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a horrible thing to say, but it yeah, it can be true. the point, you know, if. If Marcus Rashford gets injured and fizzles out and his career's over by the time he's 28 or something, he's not going to be in the public eye. People aren't going to be doing all this stuff. and People aren't going to be listening to him. But he's got that. He's relatable to so many people and he's just he's done a fantastic job with everything he's done and hope all goes well with, with the book and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, let's move on a little bit then. Talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he got a lot of stick, as you would imagine, after yeah. the Villarreal game, which... To an extent, I, I agree with, because at the end of the day, if you don't win the game, there is blame to be handed out, whether you think it's going to all the other players or both or whatever. Funny, It's funny to me, kind of, a little bit, because when you talk about how we lost that game, the 21st penalty being taken, uh, 22nd penalty being taken, sorry, 21 penalties in a row being scored, there aren't, mo- there aren't many finer margins in sport, let alone football, that yeah. a game can come down to. And yet... If their goalie had missed his penalty and David De Gea had scored, you would have seen nothing but praise for Ole. You'd have seen nothing but praise for all the players. And instead, their penalty is scored by the goalie and our goalie misses his and it's nothing but criticism, which to me doesn't quite make sense because it's not like the Europa League was the end target for the season. That's not the end of the, of the road. Um, but, you know, that's how things go and understandably. However... There have been rumours in the last 24 hours that Solskjaer is about to be rewarded for this season, which was finishing second. It was getting to a Europa League final by getting a new three-year contract. What do you make of, the, again, the timing of that news coming out? Because, again, this is the times. Yeah. So, you know, re- regardless of what you think of the uh, political affiliations of any of these newspapers, the Times is a reliable newspaper yeah, for yeah. sporting rumours. The timing and the content of that. I mean, how long has he got? Has he got about a year left? I think he's got a year one? left on him. The, the thing is with, the, with those contractors, you can't leave 
you can't leave a manager with a year left to go. You can't no. be saying, unless you're Roy Hodgson and you're going to retire, yeah. you can't have someone like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with a year left. So he needed to, either need to be moving on or or give him a contract. And I, I don't think moving on is the is the right decision. I know you guys talked about it yesterday, talked about all the the other options and stuff. And I think that short term, you know what, you know, you spoke about Conte yesterday. I think that you bring Conte and I think there's a short term success there. Yeah. But I think that what you need to do with that is you will need to reinvest in three years when he leaves. Mm-hmm. You know that's gonna happen. You're going to need to completely change to something new. Yeah. And I think that needs to be Manchester United aren't that football club that are going to spend two hundred million on a manager to give yeah. him his project. He's going to leave, and then you've got to do another project. Because we've tried we've that. done that, and it doesn't work. Exactly, we tried that, and and look where it got us. It got us, you know, falling out with the most predictably falling outable manager of all time, yeah, Jose yeah. Mourinho. And then you go, well, hang on a sec. Our, our average height is six foot three. Everyone's over thirty. We've got to go again now, and that's, and that's what's had to happen. And that's it's the like thing we, with we need a, a, a mentality and a culture at the club that is sustained, regardless of the yeah. manager, rather than because I think that you know, look, with the I manager. think the people are are right to question Ollie. And if, yeah. if it was, if he had two years left, I, I would understand it. If it would be risky to give Ollie just an extension of a year, but mm-hmm. I think that would make sense to you know sort of give him two years. Look, you've got two more years left of this. Yeah. Because for me, I'd still be looking at who's next. I still think there could be an upgrade. I think they should be looking at that. But there isn't a clear upgrade in this kind of... There isn't someone... There isn't. I don't think Pochettino is a clear upgrade on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. No. Because what are you going to do? Play better football and not win? We, we can... What's the point in that? Yeah. That's, that's kind of where you're getting... There isn't someone that's tried and tested one stuff, plays similar football, plays attacking football, free flow no. out there. You've, there isn't a Pep Guardiola sat there going... The best manager in the world is Pep Guardiola, if y- we're honest. Yeah, you've got Pep. And he, got, we ain't getting him. You've got Klopp. Who else is out there? Zidane? Does Zidane come in and... Ch- I think, for me, Zidane is what Oli is to Real Madrid in terms of has man-managed very well, has managed that team very well at a very tough time and has got the best out of that team. I don't think he's changed them. He's not come in and made some massive tactical changes... No. He gave the freedom to Cristiano Ronaldo and Benzema to score a load of goals. That's yeah. that's what and, he's done. And he did well last season when he won the league when maybe they weren't th- at their best. But also at that time, Barcelona weren't at their best. No. And he has done great. He, ha- he did do great things with that team. But like you said, it was he didn't win many leagues, no. and he had the best player of all time playing for him. And so think, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking him because I think he deserves a bit more respect like said, than he I gets. Think, but yeah, I think that the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer thing is. I think there should be we should be on the scout for the next thing but I think I watched I managed to sit down on the day off yesterday and watch that United way oh, and, and see it, yeah. it is fantastic yeah but I think when you look at the managers of Manchester United who've been successful the two very big periods managers have been there for 20 odd years mm. and I think that we for as much as that may not be achievable in today's game I think Manchester United should always be looking for that mm. we should be always looking for the person that's going to come in and be at the club for a long time, whether that's a manager or a coach or a director of football that is going to be the man that sits there and goes, this is the plan we're going to have. We're going to get coaches in here, there and everywhere because essentially like, Fergie was a manager slash director yeah, of football and he for got most of it. Quiros in. He got... Uh, you had Mick Feeling. You had Ronnie Mullenstein. You had, you had Steve, Steve McLaren, McLaren. All these coaches Brian coming Kidd. in. I think United should always be looking for that. Yeah. Now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer may be the stopgap, may be the one that does five years and then leaves. And then that manager comes in. Maybe it's a United player that's only just retired. Maybe, you know, someone that's coming through that's coaching elsewhere that kind of breaks through and goes, wow, they're impressive. I've not seen that yet. I just don't think uh, we aren't a club that hires someone like Conte because, mm. like I said, you'd need to put 200 million into him this, this summer. And you'd also need to put 200 million in in three years when he leaves because he's yeah. done that three times now. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not happened once. He's no. done that. It's the same, but same thing with Jose Mourinho. You yeah. knew you were going to have to invest in him right there and then, which we didn't do. Yeah. And then you knew that you'd have to disassemble it and start again. And that's what you'd have to do with Conte. Mm. Now, someone, maybe someone like Nagelsmann would have been a more natural progression. And I've kind of got on board with that a bit more. Yeah. That kind of makes more sense to me. Conte, for as successful as I think he'd be, it's success for a year. And I, I don't think United shouldn't be looking for that. They shouldn't no. be looking for how do we beat Manchester City next season and then fall off again. We need to be looking at how do we get back to where we were, where yeah. we are one of the two best or at least the best team every year yeah. for the next 20 years? How do we yeah. get to that level? Because that's what Fergie did. For as much as we had dips, 
We were one yeah. of the two. And for people to say that that's, you can't do that anymore. And I know City have outspent us, but City have done that. They've the last decade, they have been the team to be every, every year. If you, basically, since 2011, yep. and this includes when United did beat them, if you beat City, you win the league. Yeah. Uh, roughly speaking, that has been the case. And that was the case with United for the 20 years before that. If you beat Man United, you win the league. I think we finished third twice and second or first every other year and for And they did for that by years. building up to Pep. Exactly. They did that by building up to... They had a plan of, right, Pep Guardiola is going to be the manager. Now, look, if you said to me, we're going to look at it and go, Conte in three years is going to be the manager. Yeah. Okay. I think Conte coming in after Mourinho does a better job quicker. I mean, he's signed half of our players and done, been successful. Yeah. Like, that could have happened. But I think that you need to look at a manager in five years' time or two years' time that's going to be the next one. Maybe it's a Poch- Maybe you trust Pochettino, whatever it is. But that needs to be a plan that's going to happen over a long time. Look what City have done. They signed Mancini, but as soon as that guy from um, uh, Barcelona came in, the director of football, yeah. the plan was always to get Pep Guardiola in to play that style of football with these kind of players, and we're going to build that. And they've the reason they've done well is they've been the best team in the transfer market since 2011. Mm. Like they're, they're in the world. In the world. Yeah. To get to the point where they're at now, they've beaten everyone in the transfer market mm. every year. There's been one season when they've not, and that's when... City, uh, Liverpool signed Van Dijk. That's it. Yeah. It's the only time they kind of missed out and you kind of went, yeah. they could have done that there. Yeah. And maybe even when we got Maguire off them. If they'd have got Maguire the year before, yeah. they may have not slipped up. That's it. But they've, yeah. they've always signed the right players for 10 years now. And that's where, that's what United are trying to catch up on. And I think people think that one summer, one manager, one thing is going to change it. And that's not, you're not going to beat them by getting... A Conte in and signing two players. That no. doesn't beat Manchester getting, City. Getting Conte in and then getting Lukaku back isn't going to get us Luka- top first. Say Lukaku the in there, centre-half, screen you. Like, yeah. Get them two. That, that wins. It might do for a year. He might get everything right. It all falls to pieces when you realise that they're both ageing a little bit and you've not quite got the squad for it and it all yeah. falls to pieces. Um, I saw a lot of people talking on Twitter about saying, uh, why are we giving him a new contract? No one else would want him and just give him a rolling contract because he doesn't deserve a contract. You've got, to, you've got to know, first of all, other clubs would want him. I don't think there's a club in the world that Ollie would rather be at than Man United. So in terms of him quitting to go to Everton or you know Palace or West Ham or whatever, I don't think that's going to happen, or Wolves. But there are plenty of clubs in Europe that would now hire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after what he's done at Manchester United. No doubt about that. And good clubs, top flight, Champions mm-hmm. League clubs yep. in different countries around, around Europe. The second point is... You can't just give someone a rolling contract or allow his contract to go down to a year, six months, eight months, four months, whatever. Because if you're Jaden Sancho and I say to you, I'm only going to social, you're Jaden Sancho, I come in and say, I want you to come to Manchester United. You're going to be the main man on that right hand side. That whole side of the pitch is yours. Work with Aaron Bissaka, get this going, work with Cavani, work with all these people. That is your side of the pitch to do what you want with, make it your own. But you know I've only got eight months left on my contract. Yeah, you think, well, if the next person in is Jose, for instance, I won't be at United, but you know what I mean? Someone like Jose, I might be replaced with 31-year-old Perisic in 10 months. How can I dedicate the next five years of my career <clears throat> to a club and a manager that is unstable? You can't. No. So it doesn't make any sense to keep Ole on a short contract, regardless of whether you like him or not. I would rather have stability at the club that ends up having to give him a payout in two years' time or six months' time than have a manager that's got six months left on his contract. How amateurish and, and unstable is that of a club to look like that? It, it would be... You can't do that. You have to give the players some kind of trust in, in yeah. what's going on. But also, there's a lot of people who said that you know if things weren't going right for Ali, he walks away. But yeah. I think that... I don't think people would understand the panic that would happen if he just walked away. You know, if he got to the end of a season and you're saying, just give him another rolling contract, Ole just going to, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer kind of goes, all right, mm-hmm. I'm done. I've done the best I can. You're not backing me. He walks away and now look what we're trying to do. We're plucking these names out for who you're going to get. That panic of we haven't got a manager. We yeah. haven't got a something in place. Because if you have to get rid of him, what you'll have done is probably eyed up who's going to come in and replace him. Yeah. You've got an idea. He walks away after in twelve months' time on this rolling contract, mm-hmm. and you weren't expecting it because you didn't back him, and he's, he's gone. Do you know what? It's too too much for this. Yeah. What do you do then? You panic it. Imagine imagine that if you just end the season gone. Yeah. I well, mean, who do you get? What do you do in that kind yeah, of situation? I don't know. You've not got a contingency plan of <laughs> no. we're going to spend that money on Poch because he's at PSG having a great time earning a load of money. Yeah. Why, why you can't just do that? No. 
And speaking of, uh, of Parch, people in the comments who were you know saying Ollie wouldn't get a, a job at a top a top four club across Europe. <clears throat> Look what Pe- uh, Poch did with with uh, Tottenham. I think he increased their average league position by one mm-hmm. uh, on average from the five years before, the three years before, to the three years that he was there. Five years he was there. He then got the biggest job in France. Has then failed at, in that job, and no one is talking about him going to maybe Tottenham is the, is the one. But people would say he would get you know a, a, a top four people job talk in Italy, about Madrid, uh, Madrid, so. like. W- People are blinded by their dislike for Ole into thinking that a manager that... Someone said it very well here before. <clears throat> um, uh, Ole's finished top three twice in a row with an underfunded squad whilst getting to five semi-finals. He also has great man management. He walks into a top four team in almost every league in Europe. He would get into a top four team in France. Yeah. If Poch can get PSG's job, you don't think Ole can get Lille's job. Or, uh, you know, maybe not Lille because they won the league. Lyon or Marseille or someone. I've got a frog in my throat here. It's like, it's like a cup of tea, yeah. But Nagelsmann, he's talked about as one of the best managers in Europe. He's not one out. Or very it's little. It's style of play it's, stuff. It's, it's, it's a style of play thing. It's, it's, he's an attractive, young, cool manager. But he hasn't won the league with them. And I know you've got this Titan in Rome in, in Bayern Munich to overthrow. But... I think people sometimes think no one likes Ole except us because for so long people based him getting the job on being a legend at United when actually he got the job because of winning games as Manchester United manager. So uh, whilst I agree maybe he's not the most proven manager in the world, he would get a top four job in France, a top four job in maybe Spain, maybe not Spain, certainly Italy, certainly Portugal, certainly... I mean, come on, come Gary, on. Gary Neville got a job in Valencia. Exactly. Like, Ollie could get a job like that. Like there's not, there's not a possibility. There's a possibility that, that happens. He's he's got a pretty good CV now of, of turning a team that was all over the place into mm. into into stabilising one. And maybe that, maybe that only applies to Manchester United. Maybe because of him his culture and, and the way he knows around Manchester United. Maybe it only does apply there. But he's still a good manager. He's still yeah. done some very good things across his career outside of Manchester United. And I think that. Yeah, he definitely gets a job elsewhere. You can't have him running his contract mm-hmm. down. That's not a thing that we do either. And I don't think there's a realistic thing that they're going to get rid of him this summer and get someone in because I don't think there's a clear no, I don't. manager to get coming. Someone's saying it as well. Um, I like Ollie, but no cups in four years at Man United is tough to defend. It hasn't been at United for four years. He's been at United for two and a half years, which isn't four years. If he doesn't win anything in four years, then you can maybe start asking and we've, questions. And also... This is a very Jose comment, but we've got two in eight. Like it's not like we've it's not like Ollie came in and stopped the trophies. You know, we've not got yeah. we've not had many trophies for a while now. It's yeah, not exactly. like he's walking into a team. It's not like like he said because that's what Jose said about Sevilla. Sevilla have been successful in Europe. They've won the Europa League three times on the spin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a successful team. If they stop winning stuff, you go, oh, something's changed there. Manchester United haven't won a lot. They've won three trophies since Fergie's retired. Yeah. Four, if you count the charity shield, which which we don't. only Jose counts. Only Jose counts. Um, we've got a super chat, and I, I agree with you there. Abdullah Ibrahim uh, says, "Forty fans today are obsessed with style over substance. If Conte came in and was successful, people would complain about his style." I still believe in Ole. Interesting point there. I wonder if I think if Jose had won trophies, let's go. You know, because he's a manager we have had where people didn't necessarily yeah. like the style of play. People would have. I would have loved to have won trophies under under Jose. Once they're in, here's the thing. Once the Man United manager is the Man United manager, I, I, my, in, my tendency is to back them yeah. because I support Manchester United. And whilst I think they're doing a good job for United, I will back them and, and support them. And I think for a long time, Jose was moving in the right direction. Finishing second, decent season. The next season, the wheels fell off and everything went to crap. Yeah. But I would have liked to have won trophies under Jose or the big trophies under Jose just because he didn't play a style of football that I enjoyed doesn't mean I didn't want him to do well. Same with Van Hal. We all yeah. we, we hated the football, but we were all happy when it. We were all supporting him till the end of, of what was going on. And uh, yeah, the the style of play thing. Look, it's great being able to play fantastic football. But look, Jose Mourinho, if he come, if if, so, if you got someone in that parked the bus and we won one nil every week, at some point you don't really care. You know, you don't care as long as we're winning trophies. Mm-hmm. We've gone for the. I think we've gone for the right decision in terms of look. We need a long-term plan of this is how we're going to play football. We're going to have attacking wingers. We're going to have relatively free-flowing football. We are going to attack teams more than sit back and defend. Yes, that's counter-attacking at times, but we've scored a lot more goals. That stat of scoring also, five, three goals in a yeah, sorry. in a game. Yeah, we've done that under Ollie. 
Yeah. We've got players that are more technical. We have got players that run more, you know, we've got more pacey players and things like that. That is something that Oli has brought in. And that is always going to be the way. It's players that put a shift in for Manchester United and at the end of the day, try and entertain and score goals. Yeah. That's the that's the blueprint now. It may not be the same ticky-tack of football. It's not that yeah. kind of thing. But it's run your bollocks off, yeah. score goals. That's kind of Yeah, the, score goals quickly. Thing. And yeah. that's, people act like counter-attack is, means defensive football. We counter-attacked a lot under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Counter-attacking football is great to watch. Mm-hmm. Counter-attacking doesn't mean sitting back for 60 minutes and attacking once, like Jose did with Tottenham. That was horrible to watch. Yeah. Counter-attacking means when they've got the ball, you, you sit back and as soon as you get it, you smash forward. That's, that's great to watch. It's not boring. No. Uh, we've got a super chat, uh, a couple more super chats actually. Um, if I can just go back and get it. Uh, from Caleb, he said, big name sell, uh, but there are some less talked about from smaller clubs you would bring into United, like Basuma, St. Maximin, etc. They wouldn't all be starters, but we need a deeper squad too. Um, Basuma gets mentioned a lot, but St. Maximin's a very, very good player, isn't he? I, he I really is. like him. I like him, but I think that's a that's a Sancho alternative kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that, look, I think that Sancho's Sancho's going to get done. I don't think United can afford not to do that in terms of we need that we need we'll that player. For, yeah, I think that's <sighs> almost done. I think that's going to get done. That's... I don't think I don't think PR wise Manchester United could go through this summer and not sign Jane Sancho. Yeah, I don't think the Glazers could do it. I don't think um, John Murta could do it. I think you know there's a lot of people at Manchester United that need that Jaden Sancho deal to be done, and not least the player. We, we just said the, the, the manager. We said in the office before, it wouldn't surprise me if this summer we got Sancho and Ronaldo. Yeah. Like it, it's not the right summer. We need defensive players. Yeah. But I think that in terms of ticking boxes and making you know lifting Big the mood a thing. bit. That's what's going to happen. I think Sancho is the one that's the, the definite in all of that. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of super chats. One from Arjun. He says, as a coach, Ollie improved players like Fred, McTominay, Shaw. Uh, he needs to be given his players for United to compete with the likes of City and Liverpool. Yeah, I think you can add a couple of more names to that. I think you can add um, Marcus Rashford to that. I think he's improved. Um, obviously, Mason Greenwood's a great talent, but I think the way he's been handled under Ollie, you have to give him credit for that. Um, yeah, I think he's improved a lot of players. You've you got to... Uh, credit him for the improvement not just on the pitch but off the pitch the situation around Paul Pogba is the healthiest it's been in probably three or four years all his man management and as a manager I think he's one of the best in the league at that the tactics the the sort of understanding how to win trophies with a big team maybe you can question some of that Mm -hmm. side of things but as a man manager everything that anyone who plays under him says leads me to believe he is an excellent, excellent man-manager. Yeah. Um, Sahar Shetty with another super chat. He says, Ollie lacks the courage and conviction to drop or sub top players. The final was an example of his failings. Um, maybe, I, but I don't think there was an obvious option off the bench. That, see, I, I think know. in that, I think the conviction side of it, I think he, this is going to sound crazy to people, I think he bottled starting Fred McTominay. I think that that's worked yeah. all season. I think that it's crazy to me that he didn't start that because that, to me worked all season. I think that the problem there was that if you do that, you have to drop one of Pogba, Rashford or Mason. Yeah. And I don't think he wanted to do that. And I think that that may have cost us, which people are going to go, why is it, you know, Fred McTominay, we don't want that. I said, but that's worked. He's gone with that for every big game this season. He's not deviated from that. And I think that was his failure. Because like people mentioned about subbing people on, if you'd have done that and left Mason on the bench or even Mark, like if you left Marcus on the bench, knowing he's not fit, but bringing Marcus on against that Villarreal team, who mm. were knackered, yeah. we were knackered as well. Yeah. But if you'd have put Marcus on, who was for half an hour with his quality, when things were opening up a little bit, he'd have done a lot better. And I think that that for me, I do think he made the wrong decisions in the final. I think he went. I think he started by over Twanzebi as kind of a play it safe. Play it safe. I think Twanzebi fits that back four on the left hand side better. Mm. I think he proved that in in the games leading up to it. I think he played it a bit safe there. I think he was worried about. Um, uh, Gerard Moreno, who still scored anyway, yeah. but I think that he was worried there with that and didn't play didn't play um, Twanzebi. I think there's a couple of decisions he could have he needed to stick by, but it meant you had to drop someone. And look, they're decisions you have to make, and I think that he'll only learn from it. And I think people have people are looking at Manchester United as the entity of the last forty years instead of the last yeah. eight. This is a young team with a young youngish manager who's yep. inexperienced who are only just reaching finals mm-hmm. they need to learn on the job they, you're not just going to put one person in there that's going to fix all that no. you need to just allow this to take a bit of time yeah um, 
Roy here says, has Ollie improved Rashford? Lol, that's a little excitable. Surely Rashford improved as he matured. Well, not every player gets better as they get older. There are plenty of players who peak at about 20 or who really stagnate at about 20. That's not necessarily the case that just because he got older, he got better automatically. And just look at the way uh, Jose Mourinho spoke about Marcus Rashford only months after leaving Manchester United job saying he's not an attacker he's been in the league for five years now he doesn't have that about him he spoke before about saying uh, he doesn't trust uh, Marcus Rashford uh, in those attacking positions like that's not the environment that a player is going to grow like Marcus Rashford has so yes you could maybe say some of that growth would have come anyway as Marcus got older but the environment and the way that Jose spoke about Rashford, shows you what he thought of him, and it wasn't as, as much as, 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 as Ole does. Um, there's a few more, a couple more Super Chats, actually. Uh, JXHNF09. Yep. Yeah. Says, uh, I think Ole is absolutely the man. The only things I want to see uh, more improvement is load teams and set-piece defence. Yes, definitely. Subs will get better with depth. <clears throat> I agree that but, uh, with, with that. Getting through a low block and stopping conceding fucking goals from set, set pieces. pieces. We've got the highest set piece conceded percentage of any team in the league. As in, the highest percentage of our goals are conceded by set pieces. We just have to sort it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arjun there says, love the content you guys put out. Once again, this podcast has been sponsored by Manscaped. It has. Go to the link in the comments or go to manscaped.com and use the code HOUSEN20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping it's a great service. We all use it. You've heard of Manscaped. Yep. You know them. Use it. Is our new merchandise store in the comments, in the description? I bloody well hope uh, so. Let's have a look. Our at new merchandise store is stretford-paddock.myshopify.com. You can go on that. T-shirts like this one is now available in short sleeve, long sleeve, and hoodies, and all that good stuff. Is it in there? It is yes. in there. It is in the description. So click the link in the description. Discount for members. You guys should have seen the community post. Your discount, exclusive discount, is on there. I'll remind that of later. But also, everyone gets Paddock20. That gets you 20% off if you buy two things. Any yeah. two things, you get 20% off. You use code Paddock20. Yeah, we've got loads more merch coming out as well over yeah. the summer. So again, that is stretford-paddock.myshopify.com. Just go in the description. It, it says merchandise, and then the link next to that is where we sell our merch. Yeah. It's very good stuff. Uh, and like I said, the code there as well. But again, make sure you check out Manscaped. Again, link in the description for that one. Code housing 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Thank you to everyone at home for joining us today. Thank you, Alex, for joining no me good. here at this bar. It's nice up here. I yeah. like it, you know. It's nice, isn't it? Bit of a different set. Bit of red. Bit I of like red. this line here. It makes it look like we're on two different sets. We're not. No, we're not. We are actually right there. We are right there. Right, thank you again for everyone for joining us. Let us know in the comments as well. Do you think Ole deserves a contract extension? And these players that basically every mainstream media outlet has linked us with, we're talking Sancho, Torres, Kane, Rice, Varane. Do you think we'll sign any of those? And do you think we need those players? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in a bit. Podcast Network.